Hello, world. Welcome back to the Ignited 42 podcast, episode 19. This is Steve. I am back. I am oh, back. And he doesn't even know what he's doing I right now. It's like no the first clue. time. Yeah, I'm sitting here. Look, I even forgot to start the time. Look, there we go. <laughs> uh, but um, first of all, I want to say that COVID is no joke, guys. Um, you know, I don't wish that on anybody. I had a horrible experience. Um, and uh, I want to thank everybody for their prayers because I know I've I re- had so many people reach out to me, sending me text messages, emails, telling me, you know, like, hey, I hope you get better. You need anything. Um, luckily, I had a, a wife who's a saint that took care of everything. So um, I didn't need anything from anybody. But it was um, – it was rough, bro. I bet, I bet you went through COVID and she suffered through COVID yeah. <laughs> to take care of you, dude. For sure. She did. She suffered. Like, she slept on the couch. She's like, I'm not getting COVID. Like, slept on the couch or laid on the couch because it's, like, nearly impossible night after night to sleep on the couch. Sure. Um, but it was an experience that, uh, like, kind of like what we're going to talk about today that gets you to kind of evaluate things and what's important. And um, so before – my whole family went into quarantine and everything. We had talked about doing uh, a podcast on grief. Um, and it was going to give me the opportunity to talk about what I went through with my dad. And it would have been released on the two-year anniversary of my my dad's passing. But this will still be just as good. It gave me three extra weeks just to sit there and contemplate it in my room in isolation. <laughs> What's so crazy, too, because you know what I mean? Like things happen in life and then you like there's scriptures that you're able to bring to mind and uh you had i mean from the get-go i mean from episode probably one or two you're like hey i want to do this i want to do grief and this is a day that i want it on and i want you know what i mean yeah. and it's crazy because there's that that scripture in james where it talks about like hey don't you know don't glow in oh, i will do this and i will go there and i will do this and that you know what i mean because yeah. you don't know what's coming you don't know what's going to happen and, sure. and it's so crazy because we were so ready for this for episode yeah. yeah and it, we, i think i think we both had like talked about it multiple times and about the direction it's going to go and then god was like no not yet <laughs> yeah um, and, we haven't read a review in a while because there hasn't really been a lot of reviews but which is fine which is fine because it's not about the reviews but i will say that i know that we've been we've been hit up with their email or whatever else. Mm-hmm. And I had sent you this uh, uh, a little bit ago, but since you've kind of not been here, we didn't read it, but I do want to um, touch on this. I got a, a, a text through a buddy and uh, he's like, bro, I've been watching your podcast and I have to tell you that they have impacted my heart greatly. I've been going through so much with the loss of my mom and uh, current uh, family issues. And just want you to know how much I admire and appreciate what you guys are doing. You know, and then we went back and forth and stuff like that. And just, um, you know, we know the family that yeah. they just lost their mom. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I know it's important. And I know that being able to to hit people up and, and talk about stuff is is obviously impacting, you know, people. And just, hey, guys, just appreciate it. You know, we're glad that we can serve in this capacity. And, and, and um, unfortunately, I mean, there's some of them. Circumstances. Yeah, a lot of them, we, you know, we... At the very beginning, we talked about like, it's just as long as we get to somebody, you know, and um, and we have reached more than I thought we would ever oh, yeah. reach. And 
Um, but on top of that, one of the things, one of the prayers you said from the very beginning too, is it's about being obedient. And yeah. that's what, that's all we're trying to do. And when something is put on our heart and, or somebody brings something up that's on somebody else's heart and we can talk about it and share our experiences and they can benefit. That's what, that's what it's all about. And I mean, it's all about God, but it's like, Hey, we're following after God. This is what we've experienced in that journey. And hopefully it opens people's eyes and their hearts to what we can, what you can have through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, dude, most importantly, absolutely. And, and I know that we, I, you know, Dan and I have a friend that's, you know, not really plugged into church isn't, you know, like, um, isn't, isn't, I don't know. I don't know where they are in the sense of like ever knowing or going to church ever, you know, but I know that this has been ministering to them, you know, and the things yeah. that they've been saying. And it's like, man, if it brings people to a place where they want to know God more then we've, I think we've done our, our, our duty and just trying to present the gospel in, in a manner that can reach people from a different format, right. you know? Oh man, that reminds me. I'll save it for next time. No, just say it. Cause you don't know what's going to happen <laughs> next time, bro. Uh, the, remember right before I got sick, man, it just came up. Um, I had that soldier that I used to work with, oh, yeah. um, that, um, we were in a truck together a lot, like just as conservation law enforcement, we were out in the middle of nowhere. And, um, of course I would always put on like the, the Christian radio channel, you know, so that way at least I could hear Christian music because sometimes, you know, at work, it's kind of awkward, um, to sit in a truck with somebody all day. Um, but it did open a door for, for us to have conversations about God. And, um, and he knew about the passing of my dad and we had talked, um, a lot about, um, God just, and he would ask a, a lot of questions and I would do my best to answer. Um, but, uh, I got a text on October 6th from him that said, Hey, sir, sorry to bother you, but if you can give me a call when you're just chilling, that'd be great. It's much easier to tell than to type. And so I did, I called him like, I think it was like 30 minutes later. And he told me, he was like, uh, this phone call, um, I just wanted to reach out to you and thank you. And I was like, for what? And he was like, uh, you, you had really ministered to me and, um, I accepted Jesus and it has a lot to do with the conversations that we had at work and riding around in the truck. And, uh, I'm working on repairing the relationship with my dad and, you know, um, I'm actually getting baptized on Sunday and man, it was like, I'm getting chills right now. Like it was just one of those, one of those scenarios where like conversations that we were having were kind of just to pass the time, yeah. you know, and, um, he got out of the army and went home and that's what happened, you know, and after doing, you know, what a lot of people do when they get out of the military, like, oh, I'm going to go do everything I couldn't do, you know, yeah. and he went and did that. And then he found, he found the Lord and that's cool, it was, dude. uh, we've had multiple conversations and sharing things back and forth. And, you know, I told him, I was like, bro, anytime, just call me. Like, let's talk. And, um, we've had a couple of conversations since then, but he's, uh, he's doing good. And those are the type of things like, I mean, we get texts, we get phone calls and stuff, but it's just, uh, that wasn't even anything to do with the podcast, but he has been listening. And that was me. That was one of the things I did after he left. I was like, Hey man, I know we talked a lot. I was like, 
I'm just going to share this podcast with you if you get a chance, listen to it. And he told me, he's like, I've listened to every single one of them. <laughs> so that's, it's pretty awesome. And um, it, it's just super rewarding on our end. I well, think. it's all small deposits, dude. You yeah. know what I mean? You don't know what happens when you talk to somebody like, hey, how are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. It just, and it just, it, it, it like, and that's one of the things I love about Will. Oh, by the way, guys, please pray for Will. He now has COVID as well. And I did text him and ask if I could say that, but um, he tested positive on Thursday. He did not get it from me. I'm going to throw that out there. I am not patient zero. I was, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was not, um, what is the word when you can transmit it? It was not. The carrier? Yeah, a carrier of it at that point. Um but we also had two other guys at work that tested positive too. And I'd never came in contact with them. So, um, it's just been, it's been pretty crazy. Like that week, the week I went back to work was crazy too. Let, let me tell you how crazy, like three people <laughs> testing positive. I was like the only guy in the office, like my first oh, week man, back and I'm funny. sitting there like still can't breathe, can't focus. And I'm like, Oh gosh, I got a lot to do. Um, but okay. Funny, I, I think I've been kind of delaying on, on this one. Um, about what uh, getting into grief and um, what we're going to talk about is, uh, you know, my dad mm-hmm. kind of, and it's going to be very therapeutic for me because I've never really said it all. You know, I've sure. told people bits and pieces of, of the story, but I've never sat down and like said everything that happened. Um, so I'm going to dive into that and hopefully because the amount of grief in the world today, you know, with, COVID especially, um, people passing. And, um, I know since, since my dad has died, uh, October 13th of 2019, I've lost four other family members. Mm -hmm. Um, not all of them to COVID, but some of them to COVID and it's been, it's been a rough two years, you know? Um, so we're going to jump into, jump into that. And, um, well, it's important too, man. I can think of I, I, like off the top of my head, three people that have just lost a loved one within the last two weeks, dude. Yeah. And I told you this morning, I had a guy that came in and was like, Hey, my dad just died this morning and we're going to tell the kids. So after service, do you mind being present in case they have any questions or, or anything so you can be there? And I'm like, this is exactly where we're going to get ready to record the podcast. It's just, I mean, it's just, it, it's crazy. Yeah. It, it's absolutely crazy, but dude, so go ahead, man. All right. So, um, January of 2019, my dad uh, retired after 30 plus years of working at the electric company. He worked there um, basically my entire life and uh, definitely my brother's entire life. He had already started working there when my brother was born Um, and uh, worked his whole life, retired in January of 2019, and he was excited about retirement. He was. He, uh, the first thing he wanted to do was build a, a garage to park their vehicles in for his house. And by March, that was done. Um, but during that time, he also had to have hernia surgery. So during, he had to have, because he did have COPD, he had to have x-rays of his lungs done. Um, and the, the results came back like, hey, you're good to go. Go get that surgery. So he went and got that surgery. Um, then uh, he healed up from that to, you know, a couple of months of time off. But then he finally got into golfing again and, and doing what he loved to do. Um, and then in August of 2019, he had to get another x-ray. I don't know if it was just like the annual one that he normally gets uh, because of the COPD. or I think it was he had an appointment that he was going to. 
uh, with his pulmonologist and they usually wanted a long x-ray before he went and did that. Um, but in that one, when, during the, the x-ray, the x-ray tech came out and was like, Hey, um, do you have lung cancer? And my dad was like, no, I have COPD. And she was like, well, there's this, this thing on your lungs. And she was like, has it always been there? Let me show you. And showed my dad. And he was like, no, not that I know of. Well, it turns out that that was lung cancer. And, um, turns out that the x-ray in December had the same mass on it. And they told him his lungs were clear. Um, and I'm not going to bash any, any businesses while, <laughs> while we're in this podcast. But, um, that was something that was hard for me to deal with. Um, but because we found out after after he started going to the doctor um, and the whole process started happening where, you know, they did the biopsy and everything, and then they did a full body skin, um, he ended up having lesions on his brain. So it had metastasized to his brain as well. And that, um, so knowing that it was there in December, you know, you have that, that question, did, if they would have noticed it mm -hmm. or mentioned it then could we have prevented it from getting to his brain sure um but my dad uh went through he went through the cancer treatment center of america in tucson or phoenix and they were great they were it was, it's like a one-stop shop where you can get everything done that you need done for cancer they do all the scans they set you up for everything you need to do um, you set you up for chemotherapy, if that's your wishes, you know, whatever the, the treatment plan is, it all go, it all went through that one location, which was nice. They didn't have to travel all over the place. And being in a small town, we know quite often we have to go to Tucson yeah. for referrals and stuff, but, uh, we ended up going, traveling to Phoenix for a lot of his appointments. And, um, he decided that he was going to give it his best shot <clears throat> and he was going to, he was going to try and fight it. And he did, um, one round of chemotherapy and radiation and, um, at the chemotherapy made him real sick. Mm. And we had had conversations about it, like before he did it, you know, and I told him, I was like, dad, like it, we, we were all doing research. We were all Google doctors at that point, you know, like everything that we could find, um, and one of the things I know I told him was, you know, dad, like, I just don't, I want it to be quality time, not just have time, oh, yeah, you know, sure. um, I, if you can't golf, which is, you know, your, your thing, if you can't do that, what's the point? And he's like, no, son, it's going to be all right. They tell me, you know, the, the chemotherapy's come a long ways and, and I, I believe it has, <clears throat> but he, uh, he continued, uh, he did that and. Um, we, he got real sick from the chemotherapy and, um, there was a, a, a good amount of time that he was down. And at this point we're at like November now. So I think he got the first round of treatment, um, maybe mid to late September, maybe early October. And then he got real sick and, um, he, after he got real sick from the chemo, he had decided he's not going to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. So we had gone back up to the doctor and, um, now we're at like end of November beginning or end of October, beginning of November. And when the doctor told him, um, cause I was there for the visit, um, that if he doesn't, if he doesn't do treatment, he'll be lucky to see Christmas. And so, so this was 18, 19 no, November. Oh, okay. No, 18. Yes. 18. 18. 
18, uh, November of 18, <clears> like you'll be lucky to see Christmas. And so that Thanksgiving comes around and, you know, of course with that news, that knowledge, everybody, um, came to see my dad. Um, and usually we would do Thanksgiving at my dad's house, but we didn't do it at his house because that was yeah. where he would escape to when it became overwhelming. Um, but most, I think my whole family, we just stayed at his house the whole time. And then we crossed the street to my aunt's house and had some Turkey and then we'd go back over there. Um, and, uh, so Thanksgiving comes and goes. And I think for my dad, I, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure there was some conversations he had with family members that day that was like, you know, this might be the last time I see you. Yeah. And, um, uh, he ended up making it to Christmas and then new year's, which was big because that's my mom and dad's new year's Eve is my mom and dad's anniversary. And then, and my mom's birthday is right after Christmas. And then, Go to January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. He lived almost. He lived a, almost a full year. Mm -hmm. I mean, a full year from the time of diagnosis, definitely. Um, and, and on October thirteenth, he passed away. But one of the things that happened during that time, um, I had some really good supervisors at work that would allow me to go whenever I needed to go. Um, to be with my dad. If my dad would text me and be like, Hey, I feel good. Let's go golfing. I would just go tell my boss and be like, go. And That's I would cool. go golfing with my dad. Um, and I told my dad from the beginning, from the time that, uh, that he got diagnosed that I said, I won't leave anything left unsaid. Dad. I'm going to, if something comes up, I'm going to tell you if I have questions about stuff, I want to have conversations because I don't want to have the questions after mm -hmm. you leave, you know? So those first couple of months was a lot of, um, tough conversations, you know, conversations about things that my dad felt guilty about things that, um, I felt guilty about. And, um, I mean, I remember multiple times having, you know, leaving my parents' house, like, I'm not coming back over here. If you want to have Thanksgiving, <laughs> you will have it at my house, you know, whatever, like, uh, because we, me and my dad would argue a lot and, uh -huh. um, and he always had the best of intentions, but it was, you know, it, me and my brother are two totally different people and he would constantly compare the two of us. And, uh, there was always things that were said that, um, like that I couldn't do it. Like my brother could do it. Yeah. You know, the, the truck that I have right now, I have as a, like a big, like, look, dad, I did it. <laughs> you know, like he told me I couldn't do it and I did it. Um, because my brother had a Tundra. I was like, I like Tundras. I want to get a Tundra. And my dad was like, you can't, you got a family of five, you, you know, you don't have the money, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I can do it, dad. No, you can't. Like we got into a huge argument about it and, uh, I have it, dad. It's paid off, Dad. <laughs> but, um, but no, seriously, it was. It, there was a lot of time, uh, especially because um, when he got the diagnosis of the lesions on his brain, uh, it, that's kind of what they said would be what took him. And um, they said it would be quick, like almost at any time it could happen. You know, it's not going to be your lungs. You're not going to die because you can't breathe. It's going to be because those lesions on your brain cause swelling and it's going to be pretty much instantaneous. How so, are you taking, how are you taking every month? Like, especially after Christmas, cause you're <clears> thinking, <throat> okay. So, so it was tough. It was real tough because during that time, I also told my dad, like, I'm going to spend 
every day with you that I can. So it was literally almost every day after work, I would go home, get my family. We would go over to my parents' house and we would have dinner with my dad. My dad would go to bed. Me and my mom would probably talk a little bit. Kim would take the kids home and put them to bed and we would talk about what was going on. And then I would go home and start it all over. Um, so I've, thinking, you know, like we don't have a lot of time. Yeah. And in the grand scheme of things, a year isn't a lot of time, but when you, every day when you're doing the same, like you're always at your dad's house, you're always there. Um, it got to the point where I think it was in, man, it must've been June of 2019 that I told my dad, I was like, dad, like, Hey, I need to get back to church. Like I had been watching online and stuff, not nearly as much as I should, but I would been watching online. I'm still reading my Bible and, um, at this time, I, I think it's important to note too, like Kim and I were still new Christians, essentially. Yeah. We were saved in July of 2017. So a year later, my dad gets sick and then we stopped going to church so we can spend every minute we can with him. And so I told him in May, I was like, dad, I need to go back to church. Like we're going to go on Thursday nights and, you know, and, you know, maybe Saturdays, but I know you like golfing and stuff. So like the, the weekends aren't a big deal, but let, I need to go on Thursdays at least. And he was like, okay. And I told him that on like a Wednesday and, and on Thursday, my dad texted me. He's like, Hey son, I know that, uh, I know that you, you want to go back to church. He's like, but I really look forward to seeing you and the grandkids every day. He's like, can you? And I was like, of course, dad, we'll, will hold off, you know, and there was a lot of things happening in that during that time too, where it was like some days he was, he was good. Other days he wasn't, um, he just wasn't feeling right. And I, I think a lot of it had to do with the chemo. Um, and he, uh, at, I think he golfed. I think the last time we went golfing was, must've been April or May. Mm -hmm. And, um, and one of the, the last time we went golfing, he broke a rib swinging the golf club. Wow. So, I mean, that's how like frail, frail. he mm -hmm. had got, um, uh, probably from the chemo, but also the, the eating and, um, everything like that. Uh, but it was, it was rough, um, all the way in uh, like, I mean, it was, the whole thing was rough. It we're super thankful for all the time we got, but it was also, um, kind of a blur and, you know, a lot of late nights, uh, talking like me and my wife, me and my mom, um, a lot of talking with family members. And, um, it was at the, towards the end. Well, okay. So <laughs> I'm kind of all over the place on this. Um, at the, on, at the beginning when my dad found out that he couldn't drive, anymore. We had to drive them everywhere. And, he, you know, my mom was a saint during it too. She had stopped working and she, her full-time mission was taking care of my dad. Mm -hmm. And, um, but you know, I would come and she would drive him around town all day long where he could just like see things and think of memories and they would talk. And I know that they had a ton of conversations, of, um, about things. Um, and, uh, I had taken him one time. He said, Hey son, I want to go for a drive. And I'm like, all right, let's go. And this was October 13th, 2018. And, um, I took him for a drive and he was like, go by the church. And we, I took him to the church and he wanted to see where his mom and his brother were. And he wanted to pick out like where he would be, 
um, put to rest, essentially. And he picked a spot, and I took a picture of him with his hand on it, you know, and um, that all came full circle on October 13th, 2019, when he passed away. So the day that I took him to to pick out his plot, pick out his plot was the same day that he passed. And a year he later. A year later, and he was wearing the same shirt. And it was just, it was one of those things where, like, in that, and I'm getting chills right now, in that moment, I knew, like, God was in control, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and it was um, not something that, like, you know, not a sign, but I was like, you know, we talk all the time about how God lives outside time and space, you know, and um, for me, that was a moment, like, that helped me. Because I was like, you know, God's got this. Yeah, that's that's his. How else could I explain sure. the shirt, the the date? You know, uh, I wish it would have been at the exact same time because that would have been like just like Crazy. you know. Uh, but um, it was that that moment that night that after he passed that I was like, wow, okay. Um, but kind of going back into things real quick. Uh, when we were at the Cancer Treatment Center of America, um, uh, he had a, he did a power of attorney um, where kind of naming me as one of the people to to make decisions on his behalf. and um, and we had a conversation about it before he did it. And he said it was, you know, um, when the time came, if if when and when and if the time came, you know, he knew it would be really difficult for my mom to make that decision. Like, let's say he was on, uh, it was cause he did a do not resuscitate that it would be really difficult for my mom to make that decision sure. and, and my brother as well. <clears throat> so, um, I had, that had happened. Um, and me and my dad, uh, and I, I knew he was a faithful man. I knew he believed in Jesus and we had talked almost every single day, um, even before he got sick, about God, about scripture. And we would do things back and forth, send things on by text message or make phone calls. We would talk about it. Um, and um, he he would always, you know, talk to me about God, and especially after I got saved. And um, he had asked me at one point, uh, he goes, he goes, son, the way you explain things to me, he's like, I just get it. He's like, I understand it. And, um, and I'm not like by any means a, a, a teacher, you know, mm-hmm. and my dad goes, have you ever thought about being a pastor? And I was like, I was like, dad, you know, those, those type of things, I don't feel like people get to choose that. I feel like God calls them to that. That's mm-hmm. not something that, um, I, especially doing something for God. It's not something where I'm going to make that decision myself. I feel like God will call me to that if that's what I'm going to do. And he was like, okay, just keep an open mind. And, you know, like, all right, dad, whatever. And then um, probably August of 2019, maybe even September, um, he was having a bad day. And he asked me, son, will you, uh, will you speak at my funeral? And I was like, of course, dad. He's like, I just think, you know, it's going to be hard on your mom and your brother. I think that you're strong enough to do it. And I was like, okay, of course that I'll do it. And, um, um, so I had, after he passed, um, I talked with a lot of people, uh, a lot of his friends, a lot of family and trying to, 
see what they're because I, I didn't want to just do like some random like read a Bible verse that's overused or something like that. And um, I wanted to make it about my dad. And uh, so I talked to a lot of his friends. And during that time, I learned so much more about my dad mm -hmm. that I didn't know um, before. You know, I, I mean, growing up, I knew he had a close group of friends uh, that, you know, have always been there my entire life. Um, but having talked to them, I learned things like my dad, like one of them would be going through something like uh, maybe maybe suicidal thoughts, right? Like maybe they were just super depressed. and But my dad would go by and see them every day. And because he had that job where he could drive – where he's driving around town in his work vehicle, he would stop and see people. Um, I talked to people who were like, yeah, I remember one time I was just at a gas station pumping gas and I saw your dad's work truck drive by and the next thing I know he's parked right next to me, just stopped to see how I was doing. And, um, you know, uh, the through all those conversations, um, the three things that I came up with that – uh, really kind of solidified who my dad was, was uh, faith, loyalty, and love. Those three things, um, he had a faith in, in God that I think I've mentioned it before on here. I mean, he prayed every single day and night, probably multiple times a day, based off of how worn the headboard was where he would, after he prayed, he would grab the headboard and go up and kiss the feet of Jesus because uh, he had a cross above his headboard. And... Um, then <clears throat> loyalty, uh, those – I mean, he was loyal to my mom for 36 years. Mm -hmm. He uh, was loyal to his family. No matter how many times I argued with my dad or told him I'm not coming over anymore or anything like that, he would – he was always there. My dad would call me <clears throat> no matter where I was at and call me and tell me like, hey, uh, in Tennessee, it looks like you guys are going to get some rain today. I'm like, yeah, dad, there's some clouds out, like, <laughs> you know, like, but it was just a way for him to open a conversation. Sure. And more often than not, th that conversation didn't end with my dad telling me what the weather was, where I was at, you know. Um, and then um, love was the last thing. And I think that was shown through how he cared about people, you know. Um, it was it was something that uh, really showed me that like it made me wonder like am i that per that type of person do i have that in me as well like um because it made uh made me evaluate um a lot of things um but that was one of them uh, that who am, do, am i is how far does the apple fall from the tree sure. you know like do i have that in me because i'm not that i don't normally do that you know that wasn't who i was um and but it was something that made me that changed me. It was something that um, that now I strive to do. I strive to reach out to people, um, and I'm not very good at it sometimes. But um, I'm I'm getting there. And um, the other thing was um, so after you know after he passed, uh, I kind of took it on myself because my dad had already talked to me about, you know, how being the strong one and mm -hmm. um, to kind of like just get through everything, right? Like help my mom, help my brother, help my, the rest of my family um, get through this. And um, 
it comes down to this is where I kind of want to talk about some things that um, I learned about myself, and that's like toxic traits. I think we all have them, you know. Um, to like the two things that like really popped out to me is um, I don't say no. Like mm-hmm. if somebody calls me and asks me to do something, I'm not going to say no. Now, I don't want the people on the podcast like <laughs> taking advantage of me, but uh, I, I will do everything I can to help people. Um, and then the second thing is I've always been the type of person that I don't want to burden somebody else who's dealing with something with any of my own struggles, right? So I would bottle it up and I would just l- let it let it go, you just know? Just deal with it. Yeah, yeah. deal with it on my own somehow. Um, most of the time, I think I just ended up not dealing. And mm-hmm. um, I think this showed me um, something uh, – Showed when, when you deal with something like this, it's so big. It's so um, life-changing that – you can't not deal with it, you know? Um, So going back to when my dad passed that day, um, we were all gathered around. It was, my dad was laying in the bed. I was laying in the bed next to him. My mom was at the foot of the bed. My brother was next to my mom and my grandfather next to my brother. And I was holding my dad's hand and um, my mom goes, Hey, he's, He's opening his eyes. He's looking at you. And I looked at him and I said, you know, dad, it's okay. You, you, we're all here. It's okay. You can go. And, um, he did, he took his last breath right then holding, I was holding his hand in, you know, sometimes people, uh, it, it doesn't go that easy. Right. Like, but that's, I mean, it was literally that easy where he just took his last breath and that was it. And, um, and he was looking at me when he did. And um, we talk about it at church a lot about, you know, the last breath you take here will be your first breath in heaven. And um, he, the look in his eyes was scared me, scared me a lot because uh, I guess in my mind, I figured if you're taking your last breath here and your first breath in heaven, man, I'm going to be looking excited, right? Like, oh, man, I'm there, yeah. you know. Um, <clears throat> but it, it was almost a look of fear in my dad's eyes. And um, it made me question some things. It made me, I mean, I, I can see it clear as day right now. Like, it made me think, like, what Like what did he see? Like, was it, was it a, he, was he looking like that because it was not what he expected? Was he looking like that because he wasn't where he expected to be? Uh, what what was it, you know? And um, but I didn't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't mention it to anybody, you know. I just let that um, fester for a long time. Um, well, not that long, but um, <clears throat> we get from there. I know I'm all over the place, guys. Sorry, I think it's going to come together. But <laughs> <laughs> but we go from there to the funeral, and I speak. 
And um, I don't even remember that day. Like, I don't remember getting up there and speaking. I think I kind of blocked it um, because I'm sure I'm the emotions and probably as a way to protect myself and just trying to be what my dad asked me to be, be there for my mom, my brother, my all my family. Um, I do remember there were a lot of people at the funeral. Um, and, uh, that day, um, at least six people came up to me and asked me, um, maybe not these specific words, but have you ever thought about being a pastor or man, the way you talked about up there about your dad, like that was amazing. Have you ever thought about teaching or something, at least six people. And I was like, okay, God, I get it. Like that day, I remember, like, mm -hmm. I was like, I get it. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and that set me on the journey that I'm on now where I, um, the first thing I did there were, at that time, school ministry hadn't opened up yet for another semester. So I had, um, gone to Grand Canyon university and I enrolled there and to get a degree in Christian studies. And then I had, um, signed up for school and ministry at the same time. Once that mm -hmm. opened up, I think in January and I just went, I, I dove in. And then at that same time I went and bought a new house. And so now I have two mortgages. I'm going to church. I'm serving, I'm doing school ministry, I'm college. doing college. And so what one, I guess that would be another toxic trait right? Like I throw myself into everything. So that way I don't have time to think about anything. Sure. Right. And, um, you know, helping my mom still like doing yard work and doing everything I can to not deal. And, um, it was, I think it was in January or February of 20 now that, um, because I had all of these emotions built up and um, I hadn't dealt with any of it. And I had taken on so much um, that I don't even remember what it was, but one of my kids said something and I lost it. Like I just had like a, like a break. Like it was something so insignificant, but I had got so angry. Um, we had a little like baby gate that blocked our hallway so that our dogs couldn't go down there to the bedrooms and stuff. And I remember yelling at the kids and I kicked that gate and put a hole in the wall. And then I punched the the door that I was going, my bedroom door. And I don't remember if I put a hole in that, but I'm pretty sure I put a hole behind the wall or behind the door and put into the wall. And um, then I just went into my room and I started bawling. And um, I went into the we had a walk-in closet. I went into that closet and I was on the ground and I was bawling and I was punching the floor yelling, it's not okay. Um, but, but why were you saying it's not okay? Because I was thinking about my dad and when I told him it was okay. Yeah. And that was, um, even to this day, I, it's hard for me to deal with, uh, because there's so much that I want him here for. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was losing it. Like, it's not okay. It's not okay. Because it's the last thing you told him that it was okay. Yeah. And you feel like you telling him that I gave him permission or like I had anything to do with it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I didn't matter what I said, it was going to end right then. But the fact that I said that I felt Guilty. responsible. I felt that, um, it was me saying, yeah, go ahead, dad. Like I, like I had any control in it, but, um, and it, it, tore me up and um 
I think for a couple of weeks, couple of months, I was real, um, still heartbroken. And I mean, growing up in this small town, right? Like, you know, we both grew up here and there's not a place that you probably don't drive by that you don't think about your mom or dad. And I think it was just, um, exacerbated for me now that my dad, I had lost my dad everywhere I went. I saw him everything. I, every, every place I went, uh, I would see people that he knew. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I ended up becoming kind of bitter and probably saying things that, uh, answering questions in ways that I probably shouldn't, you know, like people being nice, asking me like, Hey, how's you doing? You know, I was really hard. It was really, I'm really sad to hear about your dad. And I, I'd be like, Oh, I was doing great until you asked, you know, like, <laughs> but, but like I'd become so, uh, and, and I mean, it was bad because he knew so many people yeah, and, sure. um, you know, it was, um, I, I think it, it affected my mom a lot. My mom doesn't like going anywhere now because she's afraid she's going to run into somebody, you know? Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, you, you, you just get to the point where you're like, uh, like just so bitter, you know? And, um, I don't think it was until, um, actually I know the day that I realized that I was okay that it was going to be okay was the day that I finished remodeling the house that we were going to sell because my dad being the man he was, he basically built the house that my mom lives in now. And I learned so much from him. And that day uh, was the day that I realized that I had, he had given me enough. He had given me enough to survive, right? Like he had given, he had taught me enough about being a man. He had taught me enough about being a father, about being a husband that I wouldn't, I didn't necessarily need him, right? I, I still wanted him there, but I didn't need him there, that I was going to be okay. And, um, that was, I, I just remember finishing and I remember my, my wife and my kids being there and it, I think I was, it was the living room floor that I had to finish and I finished that and there was nothing left to do. And I just started crying and my wife goes, what's, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I was like, I just wish he was here to see it. You know, I wish he was here to see that I did all of this with what he taught me. And, um, that was the day I think I started healing and, um, I think too, because part of me, you know, with the conversations my dad and I had a lot of the time was like, you're not going to, you know, with like with the truck, like you can't afford it. You can't do that. And here I am, like I sold a house or I, I bought a new house and I have, so now I have two mortgages and, um, and that truck payment and that truck payment <laughs> still. Yeah. And a, a, a car payment. I had a lot of, a lot of debt and, um, I remember times where Kim was, she'd be like, Steve, I don't know how we're going to make it. And I'm like, we're going to live like, it was a Dave Ramsey thing, live like nobody else will. So you can live like nobody else can. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so we were eating, uh, it's not probably going to sound like child abuse, but we were eating like ramen and beans and rice. And, you know, and I, I remember just being like, God will take care of us, babe. God will take care of us. And he did. And, um, uh, 
there was times because I was going to college that I would get like a, a check in the mail from the college, like right when I needed it, like mm -hmm. here's a thousand dollars for your Pell Grant or whatever, you know? And I was like, man, like if I didn't have this, like we would have been in a bad place. But every time we were out of money or something, God did show up mm -hmm. and um, took care of us. And uh that so when all of that happened and then we finally sold that house for way more than what we were um what we were expecting to get or even what i think kelly blew because she was our realtor what what she thought we would get um initially and it all worked out and um it wasn't like looking back i can sit there and say like you know i can see now like god's hand guiding um, all the decisions we made, um, and getting us through all of those difficult times. Um, and we made enough money to pay off all of our debt mm -hmm. and all of it. The v that's how I paid off that vehicle, you know, like by my, with my dad's help, right. Teaching me how to, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. how to take Cut, care of that, yeah. how to remodel that house. Um, but it was, it, it was, um, a really hard time. Um, it's still hard and not to mention since my dad has passed, I've lost four other family members. The most me recent one being on Friday from Friday from COVID. Um, and, uh, you know, I lost, my mom lost her mother. She's lost, uh, two of her aunts. And then we lost one of my dad's aunts and, um, my mom has dealt with, um, a ton of grief and, we had, I talked to my mom every, almost every day, at least Monday through Friday, I talked to her. Um, and you know, she, she's a strong woman dealing with what she's, she's going through. Um, whereas like, I just, there's so much, uh, that I think we can dive into with this about like what, um, what got, uh, me through. Um, but it comes down to ultimately like what I, I think being saved in 2017, being pretty new to Christianity being, um, and then going through that and having the questions, you know, I haven't backsliding because of what my, how my dad's eyes looked, uh, you know, um, just dealing with all the things I never said, dealing with all the things that, um, you know, all those toxic traits. Like, I think it, that's where, what it comes down to is, um, believing in God and trusting God, mm -hmm. you know, um, our God is strong enough, is powerful enough to, he's in control all the time. And I know we have like the, the strategy of Satan book that we can dive into. Cause there was some things that we talked about in there that kind of fit perfectly. Um, but I will say the one scripture that got me, um, got me through the loss of, of my dad was, uh, Romans eight eighteen, And that is for, I consider, that the sufferings of the of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And um, just looking back at my dad and 
um, working his entire life uh, at the same company to retire, not get to experience it, to go through what he did with the the cancer being in his lungs and his brain, um, then breaking the rib and the chemotherapy, like everything that he went through, like all that suffering, um, it's nothing compared to where what the glory he has now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and, because, you know, the big thing, dude, is, is, you know, everybody is, everybody goes through loss. Believer, non-believer, everybody's going to go through loss and everybody's going to go through, you know, your dad was, was fighting and going through that cancer and everything else. And, and it, that happens to believers and non-believers, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so even, even right there, when you have, you know, that scripture where it's like, when we know that God is in control, because a lot of people can look at that. If we look at it from an aspect of somebody that maybe is, is not very strong in their faith, right? Or maybe they're, they're, you know, okay, I, I, why am I supposed to follow after Jesus? Look at all this stuff that's happening to me. Like we don't go to God so he can, you know, well, and even with, with you, right? Like you had these two houses, you had all this other stuff and, and you can see his hand at the end of it. But I remember listening to, um, I don't know if I heard it, somehow I heard it, but uh, there was a, a, a pastor who his kid drowned and they were able to take him out of the pool and, and you know, pump him and, and, and bring him back, mm-hmm. the, the child. And they were on the drive home and he's driving home and he's looking in his rear view mirror and he's like, God is so good. God is so good. God is so good because, you know, his child didn't die. And as he was driving and he's looking in his rear view, God is so good. He could sense God saying, yeah, but what if I would have chosen to take in him? Would I have still been good? Would you still be able to say that right now? And it's unfortunate because I just found out um, yesterday that, um, somebody that, that I know, and a lot of people know, they just lost their son in a motorcycle accident and, um, you know, they're believers and, and, you know, knowing that scripture, it's like, you know, how do I know that the sufferings of this world in this present time are, are to be nothing compared to what I'm going to experience in heaven and what, what's going to come, you know what I mean? And holding on to that. And I think, you know, it, it, tragedy happens to every single person. You know, and they get affected. Whether you're going through that tragedy and that's that's your situation, whether you're going through cancer and that that's happening to you, or your family member of somebody that is going through that, and then that person passes, or some unfortunate event, you know. Right. And it's like, man, guys, this is like an equalizer of of the true um, nature of what it is that we believe. Right. It gives you an opportunity <clears throat> to evaluate. It gives you an opportunity, like you. Warren Worsby said it in this book about the outcome, right? What was it? Um, Sorry, let me get there. Um, When you find yourself in difficult circumstances, seek to discern through the word and prayer whether your sufferings is from nature, from God, or from Satan. Is God perfecting you? Is he disciplining you? Is Satan seeking to hinder your ministry or even destroy you? You cannot control the origin of your suffering, but you can can control the outcome. Mm-hmm. And so like it comes back to that like what what are you going to do with the trial that you're going through? What are you going to do with it? I mean, I know um I think I've mentioned it through this podcast. Like one of the things I, I decided um, before my dad had passed was I'm not going to work my entire life to retire and then find out I'm sick and can't enjoy myself. 
what's the point of saving all of that money? Um, because my dad put a lot of money into his retirement. What is the point of saving all that and then not getting to enjoy life? Yeah, because how, how long your your dad retired and then and then give that time from then? It was from he retired in January of eighteen mm-hmm. and got diagnosed in August of eighteen. So seven months, seven months he had of living life. I mean, he built his shed, his garage. He he played a lot of golf, and he enjoyed life all the way up until that diagnosis, right? And I I do believe he enjoyed life afterwards, sure. but he didn't do. I think more so because he didn't do the things that he wanted to do afterwards. I think because he wanted to protect us after he found out that the lesions were in his brain and he could die at any time. He didn't want to be at the Grand Canyon with the family enjoying life. And boom, boom, it happened right then. And then we have to figure out how to get his body back and all that kind of stuff. And that's my speculation because I never got those words directly from my dad. But I do believe that's what happened. He ended up um, just staying locally going golfing when he could. And then at the end it was, he was just staying home. And, yeah, and, he, and you know, I think in just listening to you, you know what I mean? And I knowing, you know, my family, they would just work, work, work. I mean, I took one vacation as a kid. I mean, and my, and my parents, we would go to Tucson every, you know, uh, free, not like super frequently, but you know, every once in a while, mm-hmm. but we couldn't, cause we, you know, having a business and you, you know, it's a small business. So you always have to be working it. I can think of one vacation that we took the whole time. You know what I mean? And my dad, I mean, my dad had cancer, you know, and, and had this horrible blood infection in his back and had to be out of work. And the whole time it's like, okay, well, how are we going to navigate this? Cause we have to work. Like, unfortunately we can even like really tend to my dad. Cause we had to work. You know what I mean? And, and, and even my dad right now, you know, his health is, is, um, you know, not all that great, you know, and still, because we haven't sold the route that he's trying to sell, uh, he's still there grinding it out. And they live literally not even three, I don't know, three minutes away from my house. And they don't get to see my kids all the time because it's all about work. And, and, and he's like, when I retire, I'm going to do this. And when I retire, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to retire, I'm going to do this. And it's like, bro, you're, you're going to miss it, dad. we're missing these opportunities and i think as as men you know that's that's something that we um we lose track inside of and i know for me you know what i mean it's like you know that's why the bible is i mean so important it tells us to put the right things into perspective and and i know i made decisions when i'm not being saved and and trying to fight after and and go after certain things because i thought that that's what hey that's just what you do you know what i mean and it's like dude i'm missing opportunities to really be in the place where I should be. Well, I've told you before we started that I think that's one of the, one of the things that happened, like with me getting COVID, right? Like I was, I was working so much, um, with regular work than the, the podcast school of ministry, still doing, um, serving, going to church. And then on top of that, when my son stopped working here, cleaning the church, I said, let me do it. Let me pick that up. And I was doing that too. And, um, I think that evaluating while I was sick, I mean, I like, I shared it with you. I've shared it with a lot of people. There was four nights that I prayed to God that I didn't die because that's how horrible I felt. And I've never prayed to God, not like going to Iraq and Afghanistan. I didn't pray to God like to not die. I I, I mean, I think I was kind of brainwashed into the idea of like dying would be honorable. Right. But, um, 
it was laying in my bedroom suffering through COVID. Because you were hurting so bad. Yeah, yeah, that I was like, God, and the, two of those nights I didn't even go to sleep. Like, because I guess I, in my mind, you only die at night. But, <laughs> you know, like, I was like, hey, uh, like, w when now coming out of it, I'm like, okay, like, I had to, just going through the sickness, I have to look back and evaluate, you know, my immune system could have been compromised just because I was working so much, you know? Um, and I think that we, we very frequently get caught up in the world, right? We're supposed to be, we're supposed to be not, we're not supposed to be a part of the world, right? We get into that and consumerism and all that, like we got to earn money. We got to have the nicest things. We got to do this. We got to do that. And that's not what it's about guys. That's not like, wait until you reach that trial where you're losing somebody and then you're going to realize like, man, I wish I would have taken more time. And well, and that's the thing, man, you know, like it, I bet your dad was not thinking, man, I wish I would have worked more or I wish I would have put more money away or I wish I would have done this. I, I bet more than anything else in those days, I don't know if you guys talked about it, but those things would have been like, man, I wish I would have spent more time with you guys. The conversations that my dad and I had um, about a lot of things never did it come up that I wish I would have worked more. It was always, I wish I would have done more I, with you guys. I wish I would have taken trips to see you because, you know, being in the army, we're all over the world. He could have come mm -hmm. and he did a couple of times. Um, but he's like, I wish I would have taken more of those trips. I wish I would have been with you guys just more. And, and um, and he felt guilty about that. And I told him, I was like, dad, you were there for, you were there plenty. Like, and it made me like inventory, like how I am with my kids. Right. Like I remember growing up, my dad would take us golfing with him all the time, all the time. Like I go golfing now and I'm like, that's my chance to get away from the kids. Right. Like, <laughs> like, but like, that's what I think, um, you know, just thinking about that kind of stuff is like, what is it like, what are you working so hard for? What, why are you spending? I mean, granted, we have to have money to survive. I get it. Um, but uh, is it because you're trying to live outside your means or you're trying to keep up with your neighbor across the street that, or your brother who just bought a Tundra and you want a Tundra, you know, like what is, what is the motive, the motive behind it? Why are you, why are you working so hard sure. and neglecting what's important? And, um, you know, I think during this whole, uh, me being sick and, you know, Kim and I having to kind of be separated because I'm in isolation. One of the things we've started talking a lot about is like building that, those traditions with our family that, um, we haven't built, you know, I remember growing up and going to my grandma's house for Christmas and, you know, getting paper bags, putting sand in them, putting candles all the way down the street. So that way Santa knew where to come, you mm -hmm. know, or whatever. And thinking back, like thinking like, do my kids have any of those memories? They don't mm -hmm. like, well, it's not too late to start. Well, yeah, because and, think about the things that you're, you're working for. And I know I'm guilty for this too, right? Like, um, I'm working because I want to get them this, or I'm trying to get my family this and I'm trying, and it's like, you know what, dude, your family just wants you to stop and, and be watch there. a movie or, or be yeah. there with them or, you know what I mean? And and I know it. I know my wife's going to listen to this. She's like, Hey, did you listen to the podcast? Cause there was some <laughs> guy talking, you know what I mean? And I know it and I know it and it's, and, and it stinks, man. Cause 
just the way that we're wired, you know, and it's like, and here's the thing, you know, when you get to a, you get to a, a funeral and I know that I, I've done a couple of funerals and, and you're in those moments and you're like, what am I going to say? Like, what am I going to give to this family that is hurting? Because that's, I mean, ultimately that's what you're doing. And it's like, Hey, and, and my job is to, Hey, shift the focus to honor the person that's, that's died, honor the family. But my most important, my responsibility is to present the gospel and, and to talk about the Lord and what we have and, and what's going on. And really like, Hey guys, ultimately, like, this is what we're all going to face. Yeah. And our opportunity to get right with the Lord is the most important thing, knowing and being confident. And, you know, one of the scriptures that we'll, we'll talk about when we get into it is, is, hey, guess what? We're not grieving like people with no hope. Right. Like that's what we're supposed to be doing. So laying or, or, you know, seeing this person laying there, whether it's an open casket or, or whether it's whatever the case is, it's like, what do you want most out of that relationship that you had with that person? It's going to be time with them. Yeah. It's not going to be stuff. It's going to be time, you know, and how do you go through that? Because we're at the 50 minute mark and there's a, there's still a bunch that we need to go to. I think, I think if anything was healthy about this, you know, um, you, was for me yeah, probably you, more than anybody else. Yeah. Cause Steve's had <laughs> not to call you out, bro, but he's had tears in his eyes the whole time. And, and I think it's healthy. And I think if anything, as, as we leave this, we're going to cut this off. Cause you know, we talked about you, uh, you know, honoring your father and, and talking about what a great man he was, um, I think for anybody listening that's going through a grieving process right now, I think coming to a place where you can talk about that person right. and, and recognize who they are. You know, I, I, I have heard this where it's like, you know, how do you, how do you help and walk through those steps of, of the loss? It's writing, it's writing a letter. We, I had, um, uh, a kid, I think like two years ago and, um, they couldn't handle, there was two friends of theirs that they had that committed suicide and an uncle reached out to me and was like, Hey, I, I keep in contact with my niece. She goes to your church. She's a part of this. Um, you know, and, and I, you know, love my sister and my brother-in-law, but I don't know if they know exactly what's going on and how she's feeling. And I'm afraid that she might get to a place where she's going to do this because she's grieving so bad for her friends. And so I was like, Hey, well, you know, this is my number. They can call me. And, um, and, and the girl ended up calling and, and just texting and, 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 um, you know, communicating. And, and I told her, I was like, look, you, you need to write a letter to your friends and you need to tell them how you feel and what you've experienced since they've been gone right. and, and being able to, to put that in, in piece it. So, you know, I think if anybody's like freshly going through something right now and grieving that loss, journal what you're feeling and, and, you know, Hey dad, I think, I think it was, um, super important for me. Um, because I, what I, when my dad asked me to speak, I started talking to people and I started learning. And then I started thinking about like how all of that played together and how that made him who he was. And th those three faith, loyalty, and love was what I got out of it. But that was, um, through a process of talking to people and, and just recollecting on things. Um, one of the things I have, like I have a note in my phone and that's what I was doing was I would talk to somebody and I would type a note, type into that note. And that's where all of that came from. So I have all these little things that like, I can look back and be like, yeah, my dad did call me every day when I was away or everyday period, but when I was away, especially just to, just to tell me how the weather was, where I was at, mm -hmm. you know, or, um, 
you know, he showed me how to be a husband. I mean, he loved the same woman for 36 years and had an amazing marriage. And um, so I think, I think it's uh, uh, what I'm, what I'm sharing is a lot different than what a lot of people who are struggling with grief will go through, right? Because a lot of times it will be something where you didn't have a chance, sure, yeah. you know, and um, for the rest of my family members that have passed, like we've, a lot of them, we knew it was coming, but it wasn't the same as I had a whole year with my dad. And, um, and I told myself and I told my dad, like, I'm going to be here. I'm going to share with you. I'm, we're going to talk about things. We're going to do these things. Um, which was super important for me, but I, and uh, it was a blessing looking back at it, even though it lasted a whole year. Um, so it was like, at the same time, it was also being in a constant state of preparing yourself for it. of grief because we know it's coming yeah. and not knowing when it's going to happen. So, that, like it's you know, pick your pick your poison, right? Like, would you rather have it be where you can have that op opportunity? Not that you get a choice in it, but like there's there's ups and downs to both, sure. right? Um, but I think the important thing is live your life like tomorrow isn't promised, yeah, right? Like, yeah. so don't leave anything unsaid with anybody, whether they're sick or not. Like, hey, I want to, you know, I, th I think um, one of the things for us with this podcast is we've come to like share things with each other. Uh, like, hey, I'm feeling this way, you know, or like, hey, maybe we should do this. Like, it, because we don't want to wait because it's what we're feeling or it might be something that somebody else needs to hear. It might be, um, some that God's directing us, you know, and I think it's important to just be those, be, be those people that, that you, you live like tomorrow isn't promised because it's not, it's not. Yeah. You know? And you know, and like I said, even with that scripture, man, with James, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, Hey, don't, don't boast I mean, and what you're going in the plans that you have. Cause man, you have no idea what's I mean, going to happen. That COVID came on me like, like I was just laying on the couch and I was like, man, I got a headache and my back started hurting. And it was like, I'm in isolation for two and a half weeks, yeah. you know? Um, and I think that's probably one of the biggest things is, is remembering that tomorrow's not promised, you know? And um, we do have a lot of things I think we need to touch on. And well, what I want to talk, what I, what I want the next one to be is, is your journey and how you grieved and the struggles that you went through and coming out of that. Cause that's, I mean, I think most people, that's, what's going to resonate. You know what I mean? Right. And, um, and, yeah. and knowing that, and, and for people knowing, you know, Hey, um, for those, especially that lose somebody suddenly, I mean, it, it's kind of difficult. Like you're young, you know what I mean? Your dad still had a lot of years, you know what I mean? That he could have still lived. And so he, he, he did come sooner than you would have liked, but you had a year, you know what I mean? And, 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 and I think of uh, a couple of people that I know that have lost kids, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and I couldn't even imagine that, you know, yeah. and, um, that journey is, is, is gotta be super difficult. I couldn't even imagine, but, um, that's what I really want to talk. Cause I, I know people have questions in that sense. How do I handle this? Like, am I, is what I'm going through normal, you know, right. but what I want to leave people with is, Hey guys, God is good. Like, seriously, God is, yeah. God is good. Um, re regardless of what happens because you know he's doing a journey in in the individual that is that we end up losing you know they've had a chance to go through whatever trials whatever journey whatever refinement he's going through but 
when we are the ones that are left to deal with the aftermath, God's doing that work in us, you know? And just like Steve said, you know, um, you know, we can't control, we can't control um, what happens. We can't control the origin of the suffering, but what we can control is what we're going to do through it, right. you know? And that's what I want to talk about. And okay, if we can control that, how do we look to God to help us control that? Yeah. Cool. We'll get into that. Cool, man. All right, guys, as always, uh, thank you for listening. And uh, the the next, we'll do, we'll have a part two of this. And reach out. Yeah, guys. Yeah, because you know it, you're not alone. You're not alone, especially during the grieving process. And I will say that um, right now, having just put it all out there like that, I feel like a weight has kind of been lifted and um, I wish I would have done it sooner. Yeah. So what's your story? Hey, man, we, yeah. we have an email ignited forward at gmail.com. You want to write your story and share it with somebody guys, go ahead. If, um, maybe we'll, um, we'll read something, yeah. you know, if there's something you guys want to invite people or, on or whatever. Yeah. There's a couple of people that I know. Um, bro, I know it's been a while since you've Dude, prayed us out, but uh, <laughs> do you think you can get us I don't out know. of here? Like, I mean, I prayed a lot during COVID, <laughs> but I don't know if it's going to be the same type of prayer. Uh, <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come back together and um, do a podcast that I, I think is going to, I hope that it just helps people to deal with the trials that they're going through, regardless of what they might be. Um, I, I pray that, that I will first, I thank you that I've had the opportunity now that to put my my story with my dad the trial that I went through there out for people to hear and it's been a process of, that's been very therapeutic for me um, I want to pray for anybody who's who might be um, going through a similar trial uh, or any trial in general but a trial of, of grief and loss lord the it's difficult and sometimes it's hard to to feel like you're in control but we know through your word lord that you are you are in control you're in control of of the whole the whole scheme of what's happening and um i pray that those people really find comfort in knowing that you are in control, God. And for anybody who might not feel that or believe that you're in control, God, I, I ask that you give them that wisdom, that understanding that you are. Um, show them like you showed me through some kind of some sign, you know, the picture that I have of my dad up one year to the day. And um, I just pray that you help them, Lord, and comfort them and and you know, be that that rock for them, Lord. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.